Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to NPL Legal Dish. This is my Monday through Thursday live broadcast where I teach business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. If you are watching this and this is your first time uh, seeing my face or hearing, or if you're listening and it's your first time hearing my voice, I'm Natalie Pierre-Lewis. I'm the host of the show, and I'm the owner and operator of NPL Consulting LLC, a business formation firm. What that means is I help people like yourself get your business paperwork together. So things like getting your business registered with the state, making sure you have EIN numbers and DUNS numbers, making sure you have appropriate contracts, uh, hiring employees properly, uh, basic brand protection strategies. I help you do all of those things. And you may be um, wondering why am I qualified to help you do all of those things. I'm so happy that you asked. Uh, I'm a licensed attorney. I have been one for 14 years and counting with a, uh, a specialization in business formation. I have started multiple businesses for myself and others, both online and offline. I have had many careers in the realms of entrepreneurship, the law, education, hospitality, and administrative support. And most important, I'm very passionate about making business and legal education as accessible to everyone as possible. Not everyone has the time, the money, or the desire to go to business school or to law school, but a lot of people have amazing business ideas. And to be successful in business, there are just some concepts that you need to know. There's no way around it. So I'm here to help you learn those concepts. If you would like to see how we could work together so that we can make sure that your business foundation is strong, you know, it got the strength to stand up to whatever comes against it in these business streets. <clears throat> you want to go to Linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm. Linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm. Linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm. There you're going to be able to book a free 15-minute consultation um, if you are a first-time client. <laughs> Thank you, Yarn Weaver. You're also going to be able to download the free Biz Launch Cheat Sheet that will help you decide what business you should start and help you get it started in seven days or less. You can also pick up Business Startup Basics. This is my four-video, three-ebook um, video, um, video training that gives you a crash course in entrepreneurship, giving you all of those uh, building blocks that you need to make sure that the uh, the temple that is your business is is set on a solid foundation that it is you know built upon rock and not sinking sand. So go on and grab the business startup basics video bundle, okay? Um, but that is an oh also um, ladies, I'm going to be a speaker at the Power of Three Virtual Women's Summit that is happening June 26th and 27th. It is completely free to, for you to attend. All you have to do is register. If you go to the link in my bio, link tree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm, you can reserve your spot for the summit. Okay. Um, but that is enough about me. Let's get to the show. Um, the, the, this is the way the show works. I pull stories from the news, stories that I feel that um, have lessons that we can learn as entrepreneurs, as business owners, or just in general as people in society who should know what's going on around us. Uh, and I take the ones that I feel like have the best lessons and we discuss them. So this is a discussion between us. This is not just me talking at you. I do, if you want to hear from you, if you have questions, don't be afraid to ask them. If you have comments, don't be afraid to write them in the box. Um, you know, as long as we are respectful of one another, we can do these conversations all night. Well, not all night because your girl got to get her beauty sleep, but you know, we can have these conversations. All right. But, um, yes, 
So with all that, we are about to get started on our stories, okay? So uh, we're going to start with our quick bites. Um, we're going to start with a couple of quick bites. So for those of you, hello, why, why, <laughs> why bother me with this? I love your name. Okay, so for those who may have watched um, a few or have watched me recently, you may have, you may remember me talking about the Supreme case where, uh, Supreme, you know, they are a streetwear brand. They're very popular. Um, and you know, they have done their due diligence in securing their trademarks in the United States. However, they were kind of ignoring, not kind of, but they were ignoring, you know, protecting their brand overseas. And a business in China actually started registering Supreme trademarks in China when this company had nothing to do with the Supreme company. So Supreme sued, um, you know, got the company to take down, you know, their, they got the company's trademark taken away. Um, the company had to recall a lot of their products. And on top of that, Supreme filed a trademark in China for their brand. So, and, and they won. So Supreme officially has their trademark in China. And because of this, this has caused the business that was basically copying Supreme, the Chinese business that registered the, the, the fraudulent copyrights in China, they have had to close their doors because they were pretending to be Supreme. And now that Supreme has their official place in China, this company no longer has a place. So they have closed the doors. This is the power of protecting your brand, okay? Making sure that your brand is protected gives you the power to shut down those people who are trying to steal your hard work, who are trying to steal your shine. So that is why if you have a brand that you feel like is worth protecting, do your due diligence and protect it. Get those trademarks. Get those copyrights. Don't give somebody a chance to steal your thunder, okay? Um, it's just like that, uh, that guy who, there, there, there was a writer who sued Jerry Seinfeld over the comedians in cars, um, show and he never bothered to assert his rights. And the court was like, son, you waited too long. No, sorry, you don't get it. And now he's just kind of standing there with egg on his face. So be like Supreme and protect your brand everywhere you can, all right? If you know your brand is going to go worldwide, you may want to think about starting to apply for trademarks in other countries, okay? Now, every country's procedures may be different and their qualifications may be different, but it is worth it for you to try, okay? All right, so that was tidbit number one. The second tidbit that I wanted to talk to you about um, is that, you know, we are in an age where being an influencer is an actual occupation. I'm inf being an influencer is real. They, you know, they promote products that people, you know, buy. They, you know, they have their finger on the pulse. And influencers, they make a lot of money. And part of being an influencer is posting content, which means posting a lot of pictures usually. Um, and there has recently been a ruling that if you are an influencer and you are out here, um, you know, taking your photos, you're going to need to be a little bit more careful about where you are taking these photos. So, you know, people love murals, they love street art and things like that. 
But murals and street art, these are works of art and these are items that can be protected by copyright. So there is recently a ruling that it's, if you are an influencer and you are posing for a picture and you are using, and you are using a piece of street art in your background to promote a product, you need to give proper documentation as to who that street art was created by. You're going to have to give, you know, um, give, um, give the name and things like that. So you need to be very careful as if you, if you aspire to be an influencer or if your, if your business has, you know, led you to be an influencer, you need to be careful about where you're taking your photos. Because if you are using street art in your promoted posts and that street art is protected by copyright and you don't, you know, give the copyright owner a heads up or, you know, at least give them, you know, credit, you could be in trouble, okay? So tell your influencer friends to watch out, all right? Okay, so we doing good so far? Um, can I can I get a star from some of you to make sure we're do, doing good so far? Because I haven't seen any comments, unless you're driving. If you're driving, don't give me no stars. But if you're not driving, give me, hide the real ting. Hide the real ting this. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you're with me so far, give me a star emoji, okay? All right, <laughs> we've got like three more stories to get through. Um, so the real thing, this you're gonna have to uh, go back and rewatch the beginning. Okay, thank you for the star, Jan Weaver. Yes, yes. Okay, all right. So next case that we are talking about, um, I brought this story. I I chose this story because I didn't know who this person is. So, um, online, there are tons of, you know, coaches, nutrition coaches, fit, fitness coaches, things like that, right? And they each build their own brands. I mean, I have ones that I follow. Some of my favorites are Massey Arias, um, Follow the Lita, um, Not Your Average Ben, Fit Little Meg, you know, people like that, Right. Um, but there are these types of coaches everywhere and they all have their own brands. And I saw a story today about, um, one of these, uh, fitness coaches. He calls himself a body coach who is really making his mark in the world. His name is Joe Wicks. It's a very regular name, nothing super special about it, but Joe Wicks is taking his body coach brand and he is you know, filing trademarks because he is expanding. So, you know, he provides nutrition and fitness tips for his followers, but now he is going to be getting into the food business. He's trade, he's filed trademarks for meats, fish, bread, baby food, pizza, popcorn, soups, beans, yogurts, sauces, mayonnaise, desserts, puddings, juices, and oils, utensils and cutlery. So basically anything having to do with, you know, eating or in the kitchen, John Wicks is trying to put his name or Joe Wicks, I should say, because I'm thinking of John Wick, the movie, but Joe Wicks is trying to put his name on everything out here. He's like, you know, I have a brand, I'm expanding. I want to make merchandise. So I'm going to trademark. And he has trademarked in several different classes. Remember when you trademark you can, you don't trademark, you don't get a trademark for everything. So we talked about this yesterday. McDonald's, we know McDonald's has the golden arches, right? 
The Golden Arches only are that is only trademarked in the fast food industry. You don't see Golden Arches being used for hair products or power tools. McDonald's keeps the Golden Arches in the fast food industry. Joe Wicks is out here. He's getting into food. He's getting into cookware. He's getting into, you know, um, what else? Cutlery. So he has multiple classes of items that he is securing his trademark in, okay? So this is important as you expand as a brand because most likely you're not just going to do one thing. A lot of people have one thing that they do, but if you're selling physical products, most likely you're going to have multiple lines and you're going to need, um, or, you know, different, different products for different aspects of life. And you're going to need to know what classes you should trademark in. So Joe Wicks is securing his name out there, even though it's regular as all get out. Um, and look out for Joe Wicks products coming near you. He already has um, a food delivery service called Gausto uh, with his partner. I forget her name, but um, Joe Wicks is... Hi, Zephyrina. But Joe Wicks is making his own his own uh, path out here. Um, for his own products, so good for him, all right? Zephyrina, you popped on right on time because I have a story for the sneakerheads, and I know you said that your son is into sneakers, so I'm so happy that you popped on right now, and before we go into that story, I want to remind you guys that you are watching MPL Legal Dish. This is my Monday through Thursday live broadcast where I teach business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. If you would like to see uh, older episodes of this show, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Go to linktree forward slash MPL consulting firm, and you will be able to get the link to my YouTube channel. You can watch all the episodes of this broadcast, we have over a hundred of them as well. You can, uh, at Linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm, you can subscribe to my podcast. You can't always watch the video, but you can listen to the audio and still get these good nuggets of information in your life, okay? So, um, yes, make sure you are tuned in and we are here Monday through Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, let's move on to our next case. So I saw this story today and I thought it was very interesting. So um, last week, I want to say, or two weeks ago, we talked about Nike and them trying to trademark the word footwear, F-O-O-T-W-A-R-E, because they were coming out with, you know, um, shoe technology, like self-lacing shoes or shoes that you could tighten or loosen using an app on your phone. And they were trying to trademark the word footwear, and there's some pushback um, on that because other sneaker companies are saying that that term footwear, W-A-R-E, does not belong to Nike. It is a generic term within the you know athletic shoe industry. Well, Nike is not being deterred. Nike has filed yet another trademark application. Um, so, uh, Zephyrina, does your son know about an app called sneakers that is done by Nike and it is specifically for limited edition drops of Nike shoes. The sneakers app, S-N-K-R-S. Okay. Nike has an app for all of you who are into sneakers and apparently it alerts you when there are limited edition drops or when something becomes available. Um, and the app is called sneakers, but it's spelled S-N-K-R-S. Okay. S-N-K-R-S. So sneakers without any of the vowels and Nike has filed for a trademark for the app um, with uh, it's the Nike swoosh 
with, um, he said, yes. Okay. Well, Nike has filed a trademark application for this app, the design of it. It's the Nike swoosh with, um, S N K R S. So they have filed a trademark application for their app, but they are getting pushback from the USPTO because the USPTO is saying, this is very generic. You guys are in the athletic shoe industry and you have an app called sneakers and you're trying to trademark this sneakers app for footwear and a website where you sell sneakers. So the USPTO is kind of like, you're going to have to explain to us how this is distinctive. How do you, Nike, separate yourself from the pack? Because just looking at this app doesn't necessarily, um, and seeing sneakers, that doesn't tell me who that is. When I hear sneakers, I don't hear, I don't think of a specific brand. So Nike has to come back to the USPTO and give them an explanation of why they deserve to get this trademark of the Nike swoosh with the sneakers app. So I want to ask you guys, do you think that Nike should get this trademark for their app? Now their app is called sneakers. Remember, you cannot trademark something that is generic in your industry. Nike sells sneakers and they want to trademark an app called sneakers. Yeah, you took the vowels out, but when I hear it, I don't know that the vowels aren't there, right? So do we think that Nike should get the trademark for this app? Should they get it or should it just be generic? Because sneakers, sneakers is what you do. That would be like an apple farmer developing the app so you can order apples and him calling the apple APL. That's basically what's happening here. Zephyrina said no, they shouldn't get it. Hi, Mahogany Joy. How are you, my dear? All right, Mahogany Joy, I'm going to summarize this case for you real quick. I don't know if you're a sneakerhead, but Nike is trying to register this sneakers app that they have for limited edition sneakers, right? But the USPTO is saying, um, your app is called Sneakers and you sell sneakers. It's too generic. Can you explain to us why this is distinctive and why you should get it? So I was asking the audience, do you think that Nike... Oh, your son, your son said no as well. Oh, Josiah, you know, good for you. I don't think they should get it either. Um, but do you think that, um, Mahogany, do you think Nike should get a trademark for their sneakers app when they sell sneakers? Remember, you can't have a trademark that is for something that is generic in your industry. Nike sells sneakers. Puma sells sneakers. Whoever else, Adidas sells sneakers. So for Nike to be out here trying to trademark an app called Sneakers, that's kind of, like I said, that is like an apple farmer. You know, let's say, you know, my good buddy, Farmer Joe down the street, who's an apple farmer, that's like him setting up an app so you can order his apples and then calling the app Apple and then trying to trademark Apple. That's what's happening here. So I don't think that Nike will successfully be able to um, trademark this app. Nike has actually been having a lot of bad luck lately. They had a whole campaign, a campaign that they spent almost $20 million on that they had to suspend because they were um, infringing on somebody's trademark. Uh, They are getting pushback for footwear, and now they're getting pushback for sneakers. 
So do you, what do you guys think is happening? Do you think that Nike is just being lazy or do you think that trademarks are getting harder to get? What do you think is happening? Do you think that Nike is just being lazy because they're the big dogs out here and they have money? Or do you think that the people at the USPTO, are they being, are they scrutinizing more of the applications? What do you think? For me, I think this is just a case of Nike, you know, Nike is, you know, arguably the biggest athletic company out there, right? And when you're on top, a lot of times you feel like you can do what you want. And I think that Nike, you know, they feel like if they tweak things here and there, they can get away with it. Zephyrina said lazy. Surely they could come up with a better name for an app, right? Yarn Weaver says... It seems like they're a bit out of touch with the real world. Cynthia39 said, yep, people with money feel like they can do whatever. Uh, Mahogany Joy said, no, they're trying to be a conglomerate. I think they already are a conglomerate, uh, Mahogany Joy. But um, Nike is going to have to come back to the USPTO. <laughs> they didn't invent, exactly, they didn't invent sneakers. You don't have a patent on sneakers, Nike. So how are you going to call your app sneakers and then try to trademark an app called sneakers? So you, Nike's lawyers are going to have to come up with some magical argument as to why they should be able to trademark this app. Uh, Mahogany Joyce said they think they own the culture because they make a big impact. Um, I couldn't find a bigger word. It's cool, but I think that these are, are, are very valid arguments. Um, Nike is, you know, Nike does have a big impact on the culture. And when you're that influential, sometimes you feel like you can get away with anything. Um, since the other night said, who was the second largest sneaker company? I don't know. I'm not into sneakers. Maybe Adidas. Zephyrina, can you ask your son <laughs> who's the second largest, uh, sneaker company? Um, Mahogany Joy said they're trying to be bigger than that. And that's cool. There's nothing wrong with growth as a company. If you can grow, you know, if you have the means to grow your company, but don't, you know, there is a certain amount of restraint that you have to have. This is why we have intellectual property laws. This is why we have limitations on trademarks so that you can't effectively box your competition out of uh, you know, box your competition out so that other people have a chance because we want competition in the marketplace. Dem you want there to be supply and demand. You want the market to be able to, to kind of regulate itself in a way. All right. Um, since the other night, people who are in the sneaker game, it only seems like they are buying Nikes. I wouldn't know. I'm not a sneakerhead. I might buy one to two pairs of sneakers a year, and they are strictly for the gym. <laughs> um, but I, uh, but I'm not into I'm not into sneaker culture. So I so I'm not sure who is the biggest or who is the second. Okay, hi bug thirteen ninety one. Um, but yeah, so Nike, you know, maybe their their attorneys will you know come up with some really amazing art, you know, explanation as to why their sneakers app is distinctive and why this, you know, sneakers is synonymous with Nike, because that's essentially what they're going to have to prove. They're going to have to prove that when people hear sneaker, the sneakers app, that they automatically think of Nike. Okay. Sincere 39 said, me neither, but you can make money in it. 
I guess it, if you know what you're doing, I wouldn't make money in it because I don't know what I'm doing in the sneaker game. All right. Okay. So good luck to Nike and all those involved. <laughs> um, so our last story of the evening, uh, do we have any gamers in the room? If you like video games, particularly Nintendo, give me, um, a, a game console emoji, okay? Because our next story has to do with Nintendo. <clears throat> so, my gamer friends, uh, you know, pick up your ears. Um, if you pay attention to g- video game news, um, apparently not too long ago, Nintendo, no, Yarn Weaver, you're into video games? Okay. So, apparently not too long ago, Nintendo had a massive leak of their source code and documents. So basically the computer programming, you know, Mahogany Joy's into, into, hey, Roxamil, oh, Roxamil, hey, we're talking about video games. My girl, um, my girl Ashley's on here and she loves video games too. Um, so yes, so recently, if you hadn't heard, Nintendo had a massive leak of their source code and documents. So the, the background, oh, cool. The, the 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 program that they base all their Nintendo games on and you know their trade secrets a lot of that got leaked out somewhere now how it got leaked we don't know we just know that it leaked okay following that leak Zephyrita loves video games following that leak um there is a game out there that has been circling the net or at least a preview of this game it's something called Super Mario 64 Port. It was developed by a Nintendo fan. Um, it has 4K resolution, widescreen support, and you can play it with the Xbox pad. So there was a 12-minute video preview of this uh, Super Mario 64 Port that you could basically get off a website And Nintendo has filed a copyright infringement suit because they are like, the only way that you could have developed this game is if you have our source code. And that is protected information. Now, that video was taken down from YouTube. Nintendo filed a copyright, you know, complaint with YouTube. And they took, um, they've taken the video down. But Nintendo is still going forward with this copyright infringement suit over this um, this unauthorized Super Mario 64 port game, okay? So, my question to you is, who do you think should who do you think is the guilty party here? Is it the person who developed the game or is it the person who allowed the game to be put on their platform? Who do you think is the guilty party here? Or is or is there a guilty party? Do you think that it's just a matter of, well, sorry, it got out there. That's your problem. Or do you think that somebody needs to be held accountable for this? What do you guys think? <coughs> Particularly my uh, my gamer friends. Since if they're not said the developer, the developer should be at fault. Okay. But this was developed by a fan. It doesn't seem as if they're charging for this game. It's just something that you can play online. Does that change it for you? Right? Because usually when there are copyright or infringement or trademark infringement suits, it's because someone is making money from your work. Um, Yarn Weaver said the person who leaked the code should be at fault. 
Well, what if somebody didn't leak it? What if somebody hacked into Nintendo's system? What if it wasn't like, you know, and that was how it leaked. Hi, D's Delectables. What do you guys think? It's proprietary. Hi, Bob Muhammad, Hip Hop Show. Um, I'm not sure what you're trying to ask in C39. Could you please ask that in a different way? Um, but yes, these, um, Roxy Mills said, Maddie was saying only if they're charging. Okay, so we have one person said they're only at fault if they're charging. Zephyrina asked, is the fan making money? As far as we know, no. Um, nothing I read in the article said that they are charging for this game. Apparently it's like an open source thing. Um, okay, since they're 39, Yarn Weaver said, there are a lot of fan-made parodies of video games, which doesn't have a nefarious intent. Hmm, so this is not just a singular situation. This is something that happens a lot, apparently, in the gamer world, right? And Nintendo getting hacked is a valid point. Proprietary information. It is proprietary information. You can get a copyright for a computer program. So there are copyrights here, right? Um, so if they have their copyrights in order, which I'm sure they do, and there are probably trade secrets and things like that, they totally have their rights in order. But who are they going to go after? Think about it like when, like pirated movies, right? When pirated movies come out here, they end up on so many different platforms. So who do you hold at fault for these illicit copies of the movies coming out there? That's why it's so hard to, you know, to successfully prosecute everybody who does piracy. Um, since E39 said it's like PUBG or Fortnite now, since E39, that is Greek to me. I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, I have heard of Fortnite, and that's about it. Um, and that they steal dances. That's about all I know about Fortnite. But yeah, what what do you guys think? Who is at fault here? Is Nin- Will Nintendo find a resolution? Is anybody going to try and find this Super Mario 64 port game and see if they can play it? Hi, TB Moore. Right? So there are a lot of questions that have to be answered here. Um, and this case, uh, Zephyrina said, the person who developed the new game, I feel like they don't have the legal right. And I think you are right as well, because... It's like, think about when you receive stolen property. Even If you develop the game, even if you didn't hack the system, if, if someone stole a car and then gives it to me and, you know, I rework that car and then I give it to someone else, it's still stolen property, right? So if I'm the developer and I got the stolen source code, I didn't steal it myself, but I'm still using stolen property, um, Yarn Weaver said, in terms of pirated movies, there are times where websites get taken down or are asked to take down the pirated content, which helps stop the spread. Okay, yes, it is true, but the, the but it's, it just feels like as soon as they take one down, like five more pop up, right? So it's like, did Nintendo bring more attention to this High King Tech Services? Did Nintendo bring more attention to this unauthorized um, version of this game by doing all this? Should they have just kept quiet and, you know, hope that nobody really paid attention? Right. Zephyrina said, right. So there, there, like, this brings up a lot of questions, particularly in the, with gaming and how sophisticated it has become. So you gamers, you got your work cut out for you, particularly those of you who can program, right? 
Um, yes. So those were the stories that I had for you this evening. Uh, like I said, we, um, they were, I like them today, today, today's stories were quite, um, interesting. Those of you who came in late, you missed a lot. Make sure that you go back and, and watch the whole show. It's going to be up on YouTube in a couple minutes and it's going to be up on Instagram for 24 hours and Facebook forever. Um, we're going to be back tomorrow, uh, eight o'clock PM. We, I'm going to, we're, we're running a little bit over, but I can do like maybe three minutes of questions. If you have questions about any of the stories that we covered tonight, uh, make sure that you go to the link in my bio, linktree forward slash MPL consulting firm to make sure that you are subscribed to the YouTube and, um, YouTube channel and podcast. Cause you can't catch every broadcast, but you, uh, live, but you can at least, you know, watch it, um, later. Um, Roxamil said, what if he was doing this as a way to get in- attention from Nintendo? Um, I think there are better ways to get attention from Nintendo than stealing their source code and using it to develop a new game or developing an unauthorized version of their game. It's, it's, it's stealing. Like if you're using source code that was stolen, that's not the best way to get Nintendo's, uh, attention. What he could have done if he was a person who, who broke, who hacked Nintendo was say, Hey, just so you know, your system has flaws and I was able to hack it and here's how. And maybe that he could do. Oh, Zephyrina, you're welcome. I'm so glad that, you know, you like the stories. I'm happy to have you here in the broadcast. It really makes me feel good. Love having you guys here. Um, we will be back tomorrow with more stories for you. Uh, if you find anything, please, please, please send them because your girl can't catch them all as much as I try. And you guys have amazing eyes and you pick awesome stories. Make sure, ladies, that you register for the Power of Three Women's Virtual Summit. It is a free online conference that I'm going to be a featured speaker at. You can register at linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm and it is completely free. It is going to be a time to get educated, to be empowered and to be surrounded, you know, digitally by like-minded women. Um, so if you want to hear your girl speak at a conference, go register. Um, come back tomorrow. Would love to talk to you guys some more. Make sure that you take care of yourselves. Thank you for the heart, Yarn Weaver, and right back to you. Good night, mom and dad. Good night, Joey. Um, y'all stay inside. Wash your hands. Stay away from crowds. Wear your masks. And I'll see you tomorrow, okay? Bye-bye.